It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, happy Friday and welcome to the last Andy Goldstein's TalkSport Daily Podcast of the week with me, your host, Andy Goldstein. Oh, it can't be the last one. Yeah, it is the last one. But it says daily. Yeah, it does say daily, but it should say week daily. It's nothing to do with me. Anyway, we start the podcast with a night to forget for Jose Mourinho and Spurs, who are being all Spursy again. They were one of five British teams in Europa League action, losing 1-0 away at Royal Antwerp. And that is that. It's a famous victory for Royal Antwerp, who are in the group stage of the Europa League for the first time in their history. Antwerp, top of the group, have beaten Tottenham by a golden hill. Uh, there is only one to blame, which is me. I made the team. I, ch- I have chosen the, the players to start. And at half time, I tried to improve the situation, but was not enough. And of course, there was a reaction after the game. On my show, Andy Goes to the Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Hello, James. Good evening. I'm so fed up with Deli Ali. I just, I don't know what has happened to him. I was, I was his biggest fan in, I think, 15, 16 season. He was an incredible player. His link up with Kane, um, he bring the team together. But now, I mean, you watch him. He should have been given more effort than anyone else on that pitch tonight. Um, watching this Spurs documentary, it almost seemed like Jose was going to give him a last chance, but Levy wanted to keep hold of him. Now, I think, you know, he's, he's running on a fine line at Spurs. What was his performance like? It, it just seemed like he was lazy, you know. But the Deli Ali used to watch, he was here, there, everywhere. He was sharp, he was running around. It just, I don't know, he just don't seem to have that, like, buzz. When I look at Deli Ali now, he looks a player that's that's lost a little bit of, well, quite a bit of confidence. confidence. Yeah, yeah, I, I, agree, I think yeah. he, yeah. I think he knows that he is now quite some distance from a starting eleven in, in, yeah. in Spurs' best side. I wonder whether he now needs to move away. Get him out on loan. Don't sell him, because there's too good a player still in there. He's still young. Send him out on loan yeah. in January. Go and, go and play football. Go and go and find the Deli Alley that we saw, as he said, 16, 17, 18. When not only was he a starter in, in, in for Spurs, mm. but he was in England's best team now. He can't get in England's... He's nowhere near England's squad. No. Now the former FA Chief Exec Mark Palios joined TalkSport Breakfast and gave his thoughts on EFL Chairman Rick Parry making public his letter to the government asking for additional support to stop clubs from going under. There is a deal which involves the Premier League putting some cash in. There is a deal which involves the DCMS, I think, putting some cash in if they put £1.5 elsewhere. Yeah. There is a deal with the DCMS doing things, helping knock the can down the road a little bit because it's all part of a composite deal and and what the EFL are looking at I know that 
Um, they're looking at third-party funding coming in as well. You want as little as that as possible, but actually you want to make it work. Now, once you've done that, um, yes, at the time, you, you can perhaps get some conditionality on what the game's going to do to look after itself going forwards, but you just link to that. You don't have to sort it out now. You know, wages, for example, and stuff like that. So this all has to be pulled together in a sensible way and not people from the outside looking in. It looks like um, the DCMS at this point in time, a grandstanding, trying yeah. to actually screw a better deal out of, the, out of the Premier League. And 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 the reality is the owners who, who have already got to put 400 million in, according to the EFL, in terms of supporting the clubs, and um, that 400 million may not actually be there on top of everything else. So, you know, they have to get to grips with the size of the cash hole as quickly as possible and how that's going to get filled. Now, this should have been done six months ago, but it hasn't. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, everybody was waiting for, for crowds to come back on the, you know, on the 1st of October. Whether that was right or wrong, it doesn't really matter now because it's not going to happen. So, you know, people need to get real about this. Now, the former Crystal Palace owner and ex-husband of Katie Price, Simon Jordan, weighed in on the matter on White and Jordan. I've just told you about Jordan. He was alongside White on White and Jordan, hence the name. Anyway, just press play. The central theme is the arts have got funding, football has not. When you look at the EFL and you say, well, the EFL produces revenues to the exchequer, to the government of in excess of three or four hundred million pounds per year on player salaries. They pay 12.5% as employers on the 750 million pounds a year that's paid to players through the EFL leagues. With transfer receipts, gate receipts, the exchequer is receiving three to five hundred million pounds a year from football. It is not unreasonable for football to say, we can't get a deal with the English Premier League. It's all well and good you, Oliver Dowden, sitting there and saying, as far as I'm concerned, it's upon yourselves. The Premier League is an island on its own, right? And that is enabled to do as it wants, when it wants, how it wants, it seems. And the government has sat there and saying, well, well, we think that you go and sort your own house out. And Rick Parry is saying, in an ideal world, that's nice. I tried that in a flawed methodology with six clubs from the Premier League. I tried to create an environment that facilitated that. It stank the place out. It reeked of self-interest. But that's the, that's the world I'm living in. Yeah. Now let's get back to the real issue in hand, right? That we need help from the government. Now, being on TalkSport once a week wasn't enough for the former heavyweight champion of the world, David Hay. No, 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 no. He joined Adrian and Goffey on drive ahead of Usyk against Chisora this weekend. You say there's no nerves and, and he's looking good and he's feeling good and he's a, a cage tiger and ready to go. But to a certain extent, it's an unknown quantity with Usyk moving up a weight. So how has that affected Chisora's preparation? It is a known quantity. He had a fight against a guy called Chad Witherspoon, you know, a year ago. And he didn't look like his usual self because Chad Wilson was 17 stone. He's used to fighting people who weigh 14 stone four. The difference is going to be around 20 to 25 kilograms of natural size that Usyk will be giving away. And I don't believe he's going to... Be, I don't, he said something in the press conference today. We, um, Eddie Hearn asked him, are you ready to go to war with Derek Chisora? He said, no, it's going to be peace. I'm going to use the silky boxing skills. I'm going to outskill him. He's incorrect. He cannot do that against Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora has got close to every single one of his opponents and he's let his hands go. If he hasn't prepared for a rough, tough inside battle, he's going to get absolutely destroyed. Now, earlier in the day, the matchroom promoter Eddie Hearn joined White and Jordan and defended the cost of the fight on pay-per-view, or PPV, as it's known in the industry. You said Chisora is on pay-per-view priced at what, Eddie? £19.95. Right. So so how did you hit that one? Well, it's it's always been pay-per-view. I mean, when we started the year, we had our three pay-per-view fights, which were White Povetkin, Joshua against Pulev, 
and Usyk against Chisora. Now, the difference, the only difference between the fight that was originally set in May to the fight that takes place on Saturday is we have no crowd. So we've lost a couple of million quid off the bottom line straight away. So it was always pay-per-view. It remains on pay-per-view. The only way that the numbers make sense already, you know, I know this might surprise you, Jim. We're not, we're not making any money on Saturday. We're, in fact, we'll probably do our brains. And by the way, Usyk and Chisora are making a lot less money than they would have done if we were at the O2 Arena. But, you know, ultimately, to make this fight, we either don't do it or we do it on pay-per-view. So there's seven hours of entertainment on Saturday night. Great undercard, great main event. It's up to you. I've got a great track record of delivering value for money for customers when they watch on pay-per-view. You're at home. There's nowhere else to go. So tough. You're on your sofa and I've got you under my spell. You can't go to the pub. You can't go to the restaurant. You can't go to a nightclub. You can't go to the bingo hall. You can't go anywhere. So get your takeaway and get your beers ready. Press the red button and watch a great night of entertainment. Now, after his hat-trick against Leipzig, Sir Marcus Rashford, of course, was the topic of conversation on The Breakfast Show. Alan Brazil, Ali McCoist and Jamie O'Hara all had something to say. Let's head north. Bolton and Leighton's on the line. Good morning, everybody. You all all right? Yeah, good, thank Very you. Very well, mate. Would you put Rashford in the same bracket as Messi and Ronaldo? Yeah, but they're on another level. They're on a, they've been doing it for over 10 years, you know? Rashford's 22. Yeah, but that, that's his point, Jamie. That's Leighton's point, and, and I actually agree with him. I think Rashford is fantastic. I think he's a great player. I think he has the potential to go on and be absolutely world-class. But at this moment in time, you know, you're to- world-class players you're talking about, guys like, like Leighton's right, Messi and Ronaldo. And there's very, very few, if any, that can equal that kind of standard at this moment in time. Rashford's brilliant. Absolutely great. But let's ask you a question right now. Is, is Marcus Rashford a guaranteed starter in the national team? Yeah. In my, well, in my opinion, yes. In place of whom? Oh, I think you play um, Sterling off the right, Harry Kane up front, and Rashford off the left. Yeah, you could do that, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But at the same time, yeah, so, I, I'm so, actually... So I'm, shut up. No, no <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's an absolute starter. Now, the lead striker, Patrick Bamford, spoke with Jim White about his exciting start to the season, how Marcus Rashford should be recognised for his charity work and his modest hopes of interest from Gareth Southgate in the future. Patrick, like everybody else at the moment, are you standing back admiring not only what Marcus Rashford's doing on the pitch like last night, but what he's doing away from football as well? The things he's done. But he's a boy. He's 22 years old. And he's achieving things that grown men in the government somehow can't seem to. So that's astonishing, the fact that he's doing that. And he deserves everything that he gets. And why shouldn't he get be called Sir Marcus Rashford? For the things he's doing for other people, it's all selfless. Nothing's for himself. So I think he deserves it. So listen, what about Patrick Bamford? Is a dream scenario for you, top half finish for Leeds and a place in Southgate squad next summer? That would be a dream. But I think the important thing for me is that I've played six games, obviously I've done quite well in the six games, but it's unfair for me to kind of compare myself to the other England strikers who've been doing it for a long time at this level. So I think that they're more worthy at the minute of being linked with the England squad or talked about for a contention for Euros. I think by the end of the season, if I'm still doing it and if I'm up there in, in the top scorers chart, then we can talk about whether or not I, I deserve a place in the England squad. Time to check in with Hugh Wozencroft on kickoff alongside Chris Iwellemo, yes, that is how you pronounce it, and the Mirrors' Darren Lewis. 
That's not how you pronounce it. They discussed the FA's new diversity code. It isn't quite as far as the Rooney Wall. Those of you uh, familiar, guaranteeing at least one uh, candidate of BAME background, but it is going some way towards making an improvement. Will it make a long-lasting change? Darren Lewis, what were your thoughts when you saw this announcement? We don't have enough black coaches in this country. We certainly don't have enough black managers. I don't like using the term BAME because... I'm not BAME, I'm, I'll let Chris speak for himself, but I'm fairly certain he wouldn't describe himself as such. I'm a black man. Yep. And the problem with BAME is that that allows too many other different demographics to be brought in. And if then they meet the target in inverted commas, then they'll believe that their work is done. And it's not done because there are far too many good coaches, far too many people who have taken their badges, have the right qualifications, have the right experience who cannot get a job. So for me, I still think there is a lot wrong that the voluntary code doesn't address. Why isn't it mandatory, Darren? This is what I don't understand. You, you've got 19 Premier League clubs. I think Southampton uh, haven't haven't signed it, but they, they believe that the way that they run their, their, their football club, uh, that they're already surpassing the the numbers that this uh, this initiative is is is, is actually uh, obviously stating. So why isn't it mandatory? Now the former sprinter Jamie Balsh joined Paul Coit on Sports Day on Talksport and had some blunt words for American sprinter Christian Coleman, who was banned for two years yesterday for missing multiple drug tests. He was quite adamant about it. Started getting very upset about the whole situation, uh, Christian Coleman, and but. Do you have any sympathy for anybody that might miss one? Yes, I do to a degree. Because if you miss one, you know, it's always going to be a situation, you know, like you, you know, I don't know, you're, you're, you're in your house, you've told them you're at your house and then you think, oh, I, I got to post that letter. <laughs> do you yeah. understand what I mean? Like, exactly. you know, it's, it's it's a little bit over the top, if, if I'm honest. I mean, you know... I, I, for them to call upon you at any time, any place, anywhere, I think is a little bit over the top. I mean, you know, what are you going to do in, if, if if you know they're coming? Are you really going to be able to mask it anyway? You know, so I think it's a little bit over the top. So I, I imagine if you miss one, fine. If you miss two, hang on a sec. If you miss three, you know, if you start missing more in that, you know, you, you get you get banned or in trouble for it. I mean, you know, you know the rules, you know, you've got to abide by them. After that, and you know, at that level of who he is and what he is for the sport, sort yourself out. You know what I mean? You know, get yourself organised. You know, let you know, do your diary. Let everyone know where you are because it does look a little bit dodgy. You know, you know, at the end of the day, you know, there's lots of athletes who have gone through the system. You know, like the Justin Gatland of this world who have been banned, come back, been banned, come back, and you think, and they're still world champions. It makes me actually pig sick. So, yeah, I'll bet. you know, you know, it, it, it's, it's not putting him in a good light, put it that way. You know, from a perspective like me and a, a former world champion, Olympic medalist, yeah. you know, I'm looking with a little bit of a raised eyebrow going, really, mate? You know, so that's not great. And we end with other bits of my show, Andy Goldstein Sports Bar, Monday to Thursday from 10pm. Breaking news, TalkSport understands that Mikel... Antonio, the West Ham forward, is out for at least four weeks following an injury he picked up against Man City last weekend. Talk sport, breaking news. So in all seriousness, it's huge because he has been on fire for West Ham. He really has. He has been one of the stars of the Premier League, not just this season, but the back end of last as well. He scored that four goals, I think, away at Norwich mm-hmm. towards the end and was a huge part of the reason that West Ham, in the end, stay, stayed up quite comfortably. He has improved no end and he is a defender's nightmare. Mm. Playing up front on your own 
is a is a modern day football scenario that you didn't you go back 15 20 years ago it was always two sharing the load when you've got when you're playing up front your t- on, on your own at times it can be a lonely business you've got to work so hard and you've got to hold the ball up and get players around you his work rate is phenomenal mm. his his he has improved since i saw him first play up front Oh, well, he's been doing it on and off for West Ham since he's been there. Right wing back, he's played right back. He's even got an England call up in the squad, but he picked yep. up an injury, That's right. which which um, which meant that he missed the squad. But up front now, he is one of the toughest, hardest, um, most physical, but technically really, really good centre forwards in the league. He would have caused Liverpool no end of problems because of, because of what they I think had Liverpool fans themselves. Would be over the moon. With oh, this. I felt going into this game, West Ham would get something out of it. Now they still may. But this is a huge blow mm. for them. Let's speak to Faddy, I'm guessing, an unhappy Hammers fan. For me, it's a massive blow, yes. But I'm not worried about it. It's a case that I believe that Haller can, can step up. And this is his opportunity because at the end of the day, he's moaning that he's on the bench. He's um, he's not really had a fair share and a fair crack of the whip. But I think this is really his time to step up. You might see Haller really coming to fru- uh, fruition. We're going late 80s, late 80s here. I think not quite into the 90s. If so, it's just into the 90s. But I'm going Brilliant. late 80s, right? And I, I was inspired by Prince. Prince who? Charles? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I used to wear big ears. <laughs> Go out of big ears. Girls like big ears, I heard. <laughs> no, of course not. Right. Not ears. You, you've heard so, half of that sentence. So I used to go out with fake glasses. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I know I've said it. I'm, wow. I'm, I can't take it back now. So, you know, remember Prince used to have those thin-rimmed black glasses? Like, I, like Martin Keown's? Martin Keown, like, they look like double glazes. Like, like who? Name someone famous that's got them now that we can associate. Um, I can't. But look back at Prince. Prince. Where Prince used to wear these glasses, right? And it was a thing. You could wear fake... So, there's obviously just glasses. Beckham, Beckham did that. Fake glasses. Yeah. I wore fake glasses back in, the 80, back in the late 80s. I know. And when you wore them... Was it a fashion accessory, or did people go, or did people, your mates go, I didn't know we had glasses? No, they knew, they knew my, my vision was perfect. They just thought you'd be in a, I don't know, I mean, they, wow. they, they didn't mention it for the time. Imagine you looking in the mirror going, I just lack something. Yeah, and put glasses, glasses on, yeah. Oh, I used to have some outrageous clothes. I had some, I had a pair of trousers, a little bit, a lot, a little bit like, um, what was it, your song? MC Hammer. Yeah. You did No, Not as bad. The big not, baggy one. Not as bad as oh, MC that's your Hammer. defence, is it? Not as bad, not as baggy, but I had a pair that were quite baggy. Before I go, let me tell you about some live football coming up across the TalkSport network, commentary against leaders, Reading in the Championship, that's 7pm on TalkSport 2. That's, of course, ahead of game day tomorrow. Games include Sheffield United against Man City at half past 12 and Liverpool against West Ham from half past 5. And there's also exclusive coverage of Aston Villa against Southampton at midday on Sunday. That's it. I'll be back today, this afternoon at 4pm for Andy Goldstein's Drive Time Show, where it'll be me and Darren Bent taking you all the way to 7pm. There will, of course, be another one of these Andy Goldstein TalkSport Daily podcasts out first thing Monday morning. So do what you've got to do to get it. But until then, have a great day. Thanks for downloading. Be safe, everyone. Be safe. That was a podcast from TalkSport.